Inside your program, you'll find an outline of our Bible study. I'd encourage you to take that and follow along with us today as we look into God's Word. We, for the last couple of Sundays, have been talking about uh, two of the big ten that God gave. That is, two of the Ten Commandments. We looked at, uh, you should not take the Lord's name in vain or misuse the Lord's name. And then we talked also about, you shall not commit adultery. And how important that is in our day when we have so many who have disregarded the command of God and are living a, an immoral life. Well, after you have gone through the Ten Commandments, when you begin up there, we find the first four tell us about our relationship with God, and then five through ten tell about our relationship with people. Number five was, you should honor your father and your mother. That is, realize that God has given you parents, and you need to honor and to give them the uh, respect that they deserve. And then we find that God gave us what I call five knots. The five knots that God gave, you may remember, are you shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not lie, and you shall not covet. And those big five are knots that God says, this is the way that I want you to live. And today I want to just talk with you about one of those knots, and that is Exodus 20, verse 15, when God said, You shall not steal. Now, maybe you don't realize what a problem that is. I've talked to a number of business owners, and they tell me that the biggest problem they have is that their employees steal from them. I was out at Gander Mountain one day, and there was a friend of mine who was one of the workers there in the store, and I said, well, how are things going? He said, well, he said, we take an inventory every day after our business, and we found out that yesterday we lost $600 of people stealing things from us. Stealing is a very serious problem because God said you shall not do it. Well, first of all, let me kind of give you a little bit of my experience with stealing. It was on a cold winter night on a Sunday evening just before Christmas. And uh, my wife, Lunell, came to church on Sunday night, and uh, she wore a heavy coat. And she thought, you know, that'll be kind of bulky to have in the uh, auditorium where the uh, worship is. And so she went by my office, which was very close, and took off her coat. Uh, left her car keys in the coat, thinking everything was going to be hunky-dory. Well, after church was over, she went to my office and got her coat, put it on, and her hand went into the pocket to get the keys. And lo and behold, the keys were not there. And she began searching frantically about where she might have left her keys. And she uh, stepped out into the parking lot to uh, check. And sure enough, the car had been stolen. And uh, that was kind of a, a traumatic thing. She had done all of her Christmas shopping and had all the Christmas presents in the trunk of the car, and now it's gone. You might wonder, well, how in the world did the thief know which car was hers? And uh, the only answer I know was that uh, she was driving a little red Audi, and the key said Audi on it, and there wasn't too many Audis out in the parking lot, I guess. And so the uh, thief took it, and uh, it was uh, a little while before we got our car back. It had been stolen by a young man 
who had uh, wandered through the church building, wandered into my office, which was not locked, found her keys, and took off. And uh, as he did, it was a while before they, they caught him. But when they did, uh, all the Christmas presents that my wife had bought, they were all gone. And uh, the car had a little damage to it, but uh, not anything that was severe. And uh, the young man, uh, when they caught him, they uh, found out that he was one that had a lot of felonies against him, although he was a young man. And uh, so I asked the police officer, I said, well, why didn't they uh, ever put him in jail or, or something? He said, you know, he is such a clean-cut looking young man that no jury would ever ever convict him. They thought, well, surely a young man that looks this nice, he'd never do anything like that. And uh, so they did arrest him, and uh, he was taken out to... Uh, somewhere near uh, El Paso, where they had a uh, place where they put juveniles. And uh, he got away, and finally they caught him again. And after a couple of years, he, after serving, he came by the church and apologized to me for stealing the car. And I thought that was pretty nice. But it was a few weeks later that he was arrested again for stealing another car, and he ended up in jail. But, you know, when you have somebody steal... I mean, it's uh, something that upsets you and uh, not something easy to deal with. And that's why the Lord said, do not steal. And to tell you my own personal story, when I was in the fifth grade, I thought I was really a stealer. Uh, I had a nice warm Mackinac coat I'd wear, and I'd put my hands in my coat, and I could walk into a store there that uh, on the way home from school... And they had bubble gum and candy, and I'd not take my hand out of my pocket and just reach down there and pick up a piece of bubble gum or candy and walk off. But man, I'm really, I'm really a big-time thief here. I'm really doing it. But one day, I'd gotten a piece of bubble gum, and I was walking out, and the man who was the cashier just looked at me. And he didn't say a word, and he just followed me all the way out. And I knew he knew what I had done. And that ended my my reign as a thief because I knew it just didn't pay. God says, you shall not steal. Well, number two, let me tell you that God has a plan for your success. God did not want you to have to be stealing, and God had some things that He wanted you to do in a way He wanted you to live. And there are three planks, I think, in the success story that God wants for your life. Number one is, God wants you to live with integrity. Now, integrity is honesty. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 10, verse 9. The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. God said, I want you to live honestly. I want you to live with integrity. There's a little story that I wanted to share with you. We had a uh, garage sale last week. You know how much fun those are. And one of the things that uh, was in the sale was my wife had a big collection of uh, books from Reader's Digest. And uh, some lady was looking at that collection of books, and she reached up out of the uh, uh, shelf there and got one. And when she opened it up, inside it, she found a $100 bill. Now... What would you do if you were at a garage sale and you opened up a book and you found a $100 book bill in the book? 
Well, the books were selling for 25 cents. She very easily could have said, you know, boy, this is going to be a, a good bargain here, you know, and paid the 25 cents, take her book and her $100 and left, and nobody would ever known the difference. But you know what she did? She took that $100 bill up to the cashier, who was my wife, and said, I found this in this Reader's Digest book, and I know that uh, it's not what you were trying to sell for 25 cents, and she gave her the $100. I thought, wow. And I wondered, though, what would I have done if I had been at a garage sale and found $100 bills in a book? I hope that I would have been living with integrity as well. Over in Proverbs 11:2, Solomon said, Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. I hope that uh, we will be people who realize that God wants us to live our lives with integrity, and as we are involved in money, to always be honest in the dealings that we have. Well, number two, the second thing that God wants you to do is He wants you to live with industry. That is, uh, He wants you to be one who is involved and is a hard worker. You see, uh, some people think that work is a dirty four-letter word, but not God. From the very beginning, God has intended for man to work. You may remember the story that came out of the Garden of Eden, that God gave man the uh, run of the garden, and He says, I want you to work it and care for it. That is, God intended for man to be a worker from the very beginning. And if man was going to follow God's rules, God was, God's man was going to be a worker. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. Lazy people are soon poor. And then again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. There was a situation in which Paul had written to the church about the second coming of Christ. And there were some people thinking that Christ was going to come, and so they quit their jobs. And Paul had to write to them this word. He said, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Don't think that you need to be supporting and taking care of a guy if he will not work. Because God's intention for man was there to be integrity and there was to be industry. And the third thing that God intended was that there be generosity. That is what we work for and what we make. God intended for us to share. Over in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, he says, Give, and it will be given to you. He said, The shovel you use to shovel it out will be the same shovel that God uses to shovel it in. And you and I are called upon to be people who not only are honest and workers, but people who also are generous. Over in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Paul described how we are to give. And he said, We are to be people who give not reluctantly, are under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That is, God wants us to take that which we have been blessed with, and we are to share it with people with a good spirit. And then I love Ephesians 4.38 when he wrote this, If you are a thief, quit stealing. Ah, and then he added, Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to those who are in need. God never intended for us to be people who were dishonest and people who were thieves, but to live honestly in our lives. Well, number three, 
Let me show you some thoughts from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6-10. through 10. Timothy, you may remember, was kind of Paul's favorite young man. And uh, Paul wanted him to grow up to be a real leader in the kingdom of God. And so he knew that one of the challenges he was going to have to face was how he was going to handle money. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6-10, through 10, Paul gives five admonitions here. If you have your Bible, you may want to follow with me. First of all, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. True godliness with contentment is in itself great wealth. He said, if you have a contented spirit, realize that that is a great blessing. And you see, if a man is contented, he's not going to be stealing. So Paul said, I want you to live your life as a contented person, knowing that that in itself is great wealth. And then verse 7, he said, We brought nothing in when we came into this world, and we can take no nothing out of it when we leave. Ah, did you realize that? You can't take anything with you when you go? Did you ever see a U-Haul hooked on behind a hearst? No, because you can't take it with you. The uh, richest man in America back in 1976 was Howard Hughes. Hughes had a fortune that was estimated at $2.3 billion. That's billion with a B. And yet when he died, only 17 people came to his funeral. Robert uh, T. Gibson, uh, when he got up to preach the funeral, he quoted this verse from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. We brought nothing in when we came, and we cannot take anything out when we leave. Somebody asked the question, though, well, how much did he leave? And you know the answer. He left it all. You can't take it with you. And so Paul, as he writes to Timothy, said, Timothy, I want you to know this young man, that you're not going to be able to take it with you. Use what God has given you wisely. Well, verse 8, he then said, So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. You see, contented people are not going to be thinking about stealing. And you may not have as nice a car, you may not have as good a clothing, you may not have as good a food as some other people, but if you've got food and clothing, he said, let us be content. Let us not be people who are thinking about how we might be able to slip something out of our place that we work or from other people and steal. Verse 9. People who long to get rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish, harmful desires. One of those harmful desires is the temptation to steal. There was a uh, young man who walked into a liquor store to steal. He had a, a ski mask over him and a gun and he pointed at the uh, one behind the counter and said, Give me your money. And he gave her a paper sack, and she filled the money, put money in the paper sack. And then the thief looked up on the shelf, and he saw a bottle of scotch, and he said, and put that bottle of scotch in here too. girl said, I can't unless you're 21. All right. And he reached in his billfold and pulled out his driver's license and said, here, I'm 21. And he left with his money, and the police, of course, caught him because they had his name and address and all. Ha <laughs> ha. Paul said, I want to tell you something. 
people who long to get rich are trapped in many foolish, harmful desires. People uh, trying to get rich that way, they're going to get in all kinds of trouble. And then in verse 10, he ended this way. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, it does not say that money is the root of all evil, but it says that money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then he added, some people craving money have wandered from the faith. And many people think that the one that Paul had in mind here was Judas. And the reason that he sold out the Lord was because he wanted money. You know, Paul said, listen, I want you to realize that it's a difficult thing to live, but do not be one who is known as a thief and stealing. It's one of the basic laws of God. One of the five knots that He does not want us involved in. Well, number four, let me tell you that stealing does some things to you. Number one, stealing ruins your relationship with God. You see, if you are a thief, you're violating one of the basic commands that God Himself wrote. The Scriptures say that God wrote the Ten Commandments with His own finger. That is, this is not just something that a man wrote down that God said, but this is the very Word of God itself, and that is, do not steal. You see, that ruins the relationship you have with God. Over in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, the Lord wants you to have a relationship with Him and a close relationship with Him. And it doesn't have anything to do with stealing because the stealing is done by a thief. And that's the way the devil is. And the devil is involved in that. And so when you become involved in stealing, you have hooked yourself up with the devil rather than being involved with the Lord. Number two, stealing gets you in trouble with the law. You know, our prisons are full of people who are thieves. One way or another, they thought they could get by with it, whether they are embezzling from a bank or using a gun to hold up a, a liquor store. You see, God wanted His people to be people who are trustworthy, honorable, and obey the laws of the land. I read as I was studying for our lesson the story of a uh, fellow who was a clerk in a convenience store in Kansas City. And he thought he had the perfect way to pull off a crime. He knew that there were... Uh, cameras inside of the store that would monitor what was going on by not only the employees but by people who came in and so he taped over the cameras thinking that now he's going to be able to rob the store and nobody will know who did it but they caught him the poor fellow used transparent tape over the cameras and so they had a video here of this man and they knew exactly who it was who was stealing ah thieves are often pretty dumb in what it is that they do well number three i want to tell you that when you steal you ruin your relationship with people 
uh, there was a Sunday school teacher who asked her boys and girls this question. If I took a man's billfold and took all his money, what would I be? And one little girl piped up, his wife. Ah, maybe so. And certainly uh, stealing money even from your mate is going to be a thing that's going to ruin your relationship with them. Number five, let me tell you, or number four, let me tell you that stealing makes you distrustful of other people. Uh, my son Rick, while he was in college, uh, worked for FedEx. And uh, one day he uh, got a call to uh, go up around Wheeler out on the farm and uh, pick up a package that a man wanted to mail in. And so uh, he got to the man's house and the fella had the package there, had it all addressed and put together. And uh, he said, you know, when I send this in, I'm either going to get $25,000 cash or I'm going to get a new Cadillac. Now, my son said, you're not supposed to do it, but I told the fella, would you mind if I call the Better Business Bureau and check on this and make sure it's okay? And the fella said, why, sure. And so he called the Better Business Bureau and they said, no, that is a fraudulent thing going on. Tell him not to send any money to it. And so my son went back to the fella and said, uh, you know, I want to tell you this, you're not going to get the 25000 and you're not going to get a new Cadillac because this is a scam and it's not something that uh, is going to pay off like they have told you had. But you know what the problem was? You see, that fella had grown up honest. And he thought that other people were going to be honest too. And so he, taking the word of the person who had called him on the phone, thought he was going to get rich when in reality all he was going to get was he was going to get taken. How much money he sent in, I don't know. You see, a person who is honest thinks other people are honest. A person who is a thief thinks other people are thieves. And so if you want to be one who is honest, you'll think other people are honest. But if you are a thief, you're going to think other people are the same. You begin reading stories about people and what they have done in thievery, and you can realize what a stupid thing that is. Uh, one interesting story I read about a man in Seattle. And he decided that he wanted to siphon gas from a fellow's motor home there in Seattle. And he put the hose, he thought, down into the gas tank. But instead, he got the sewage tank. And when he sucked on it to get the flow going, in came all of the sewage. And so the man who was the owner of the motor home called the police. And the police came out. And they said that was the funniest thing they ever saw. This fellow lying on the ground in pain. And the man who was the uh, owner of the motor home said, you know, I'm not going to press any charges here. He's got enough what he happened to him. I read of a uh, pair of robbers in Michigan that went in to rob a bank. And uh, they had their ski mask on. And the uh, fellow who was kind of in charge of the two robbers said, now nobody move or I'll shoot you. And lo and behold, his partner moved and he shot him right there in the bank. Thieves do dumb things. But you see, God has intended for us to live our lives as honest people with integrity, 
with industry and generosity and not violate that cause, the basic law that God gave, you shall not steal. Let me urge you then as you live, realize that it's stealing is not a little thing, but it's a thing that violates the law of God, which God does not want us to do. Would you pray with me? Dear Father, I just pray that we will be honest people and that we will live in such a way that you will be proud because, dear Father, we do not follow the five knots that you have given. The knot, dear Father, to commit adultery or to steal or to lie or to covet or to murder. But, dear God, that we live with integrity so that people will know that that's the way your people live. For this is our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. And maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. Maybe you'd like to come and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this church. And if that's your desire, we would welcome you with open arms. Maybe you'd like to come today and confess your faith and be baptized into Christ. I'll be up here at the front and our elders will be at the back. And if we can serve you in any way, if you'd like to come, why don't you do it right now as we just stand and sing our song of invitation together. Deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea is the grace of the Savior for sinners like me. Sent from the Father and it thrills my soul just to Just to know. 